Hello, and welcome to Spectology, the science fiction book club podcast. I'm your host, Adrian. And I'm Matt. Welcome, Matt. Welcome to you. Um, so Spectology is a science fiction podcast, book club podcast, where each month we pick a book, read it, and talk about it over the course of two episodes. We also do little mini bonus episodes between those big ones. Bonus. So this week we are doing what we call Things We Like, which is a little, I guess, bonus series that we do where instead of talking about the big books that we're normally talking about really in depth, we have like a couple of mini short conversations about other pop cultural stuff that we've been watching or reading or interacting with recently and, uh, and really enjoying. So with that, Matt, do you want to start it off with your first thing that you like? Here's the thing I like you. Aww. That's not actually my first thing, but Aww. just going to start <laughs> off with that. So Continuing our, this is a, an October bonus episode, so continuing mm. our, our October theme, the first thing that I like is a video game called This War of Mine. Mm. Now, astute video game players uh, and any video game player may have heard of this game because it's been out for ages. It's been out for many years, but I only recently started playing it. It is a video game where you take on the role of a bunch of civilians trying desperately to survive a war-torn country. Oh, shit. So lots of content warnings for this game. It's very dark and very realistic in a lot of different ways. Um, if you are okay with lots of different content, war content warnings for violence, sexual violence, lots of other stuff, mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, I think it's a really a beautiful piece of art. Um, it captures um, the kind of post-apocalyptic storytelling that we're talking about with regards to Zone Zone One this month, mm -hmm. um, in a in a way that's really different from a lot of other video games. I mean, the typical video game is putting you in the role of this sort of like powerful soldier, hero. yeah, an action yeah. hero, right? Um, this game puts you in the role of regular people who are trying to make it. And they're faced with a constant barrage of very difficult decisions that force them to kind of decide what's more important to them. Can the I, game has, yeah. Can I ask it? Because I've never heard of this game before, actually. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm not a very astute video game player, which we knew. Um, <laughs> but I saw so I, I have a few questions if, if I can. Um, first, what, sure. what platforms is it on? It's on a lot of different platforms. There are slightly different versions of it on like everything from iOS and Android to Switch oh, to okay. PC. I've okay, been so playing the PC version. Yeah, I've been playing the PC version. I'm not 100% sure how the other versions differ. I mm -hmm. know that there are certainly, you know, if you know nothing else about video games, you know that like cell phone games are typically pretty different from right. uh, console games and so on. And then so what, I, I'm sure there are big differences, but I don't know what they are. What kind of like play style genre is it? Like, is it first person? Is it RPG? Like, how, how yeah, does it play? Is it just it's sort text of like based? A, no, it's not text-based. It's like a real-time third-person action RPG, Okay, I guess is what you'd call it. Yeah. Um, you have a sort of side-scroller-style view of your characters, which you move by clicking around. You have multiple characters at the same time. The game opens with you and there are different groups of characters you can play with, and each character has different like endings and different things. But you start with a, a predetermined group of characters, in a ruined house, which is your sort of home in the beginning of day one. 
and you have to survive every day and every night. And um, during the day, you can walk around your your HQ and kind of build, like, make things and and try to like make food and try to like you know build up your your headquarters. Um, and during the night, you have to decide whether or not you want to try to scavenge in different locations around the city. Um, when you go scavenging, it it also becomes uh, the same sort of uh, side scroller style view. Um, and you move around by clicking, but you also have different ways of interacting with objects and other characters. Um, there's a lot of things that are dangerous and that can hurt you. Um, you can also hurt other people. There are weapons. Um, there's also talking and trading with people. Um, combat, such as it is, is pretty simple, mm-hmm. but but significant. You can be killed and you can kill. Um, and it, it sort of tries to be a lot more uh uh like high stakes i think than a lot of other games that involve like fighting in a post-apocalyptic right. like this is not call of duty zombie zombie <laughs> zombie game you know right, what i mean like right. Nazi zombies. this is if your character um kills someone they will become sad and if they become too sad they will kill themselves jesus <laughs> um Jeez. okay for ex- for example right right <laughs> and also when your character is sad like they may eventually become depressed and if they're depressed they will they will be slower and they will have a harder time doing anything mm-hmm. it's a very real game it's very dark um so right as you said like content yeah. warnings beware lots and lots and lots of content warnings that sounds um, really cool though that sounds really yeah, cool. It's an amazing game. It's it's sort of beautiful and haunting and like hard, the kind of game where, you know, it forces you to make a choice and then you just like find yourself thinking about the choice that you made when you're like eating lunch in real life later. Like <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, it's no untitled goose game in terms of <laughs> frivolousness. <laughs> I mean, what it reminds me of the most is Papers, Please. If yeah, you yeah, I've played that. And that's kind of what I was wondering if it was more that yeah, style. Yeah, this, this but... is a more um, in-depth role-playing experience than that. Right. But right. it's not, it's, it's sort of similar. It's out of a Polish gaming studio called mm. 11-Bit Games. Um, and it's sort of set in like, you know, a kind of unnamed fake Eastern European country. Right. Um, anyway, highly recommended. It's an older game. Um, you may have already heard of it and already played it listeners out there who love games, but, but, uh, it's, it's great. That's cool. That's really cool. What about you, Adrian? What are you into? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to talk about my first thing that I liked was I did this like big adventure weekend LARP thing a couple of weekends ago called other world. Um, and I just had one of the most enjoyable experiences of my like adult life at it um so also kind of game in person game and also like you know it's like i feel like a lot of larps are very focused around the game mechanics kind of thing and this was in some ways a lot more like role play adventure weekend it's sort of a cross between like a larp a like ropes course and just like camping for three days um it was it was really cool it's it's kind of difficult to describe but the way that they um the way that they work it is that there are when we got in. So I, I went in knowing not a whole lot, except for one of our like mutual friends was like, Hey, this is really good. So me and another mutual friend of ours, we bought tickets. We went up to like central Connecticut in the woods where they host it every year. And we get there and we're told that there are going to be 60 participants, which is like, Oh, that's a lot of people. 
And then we're told that there are over 120 staff members playing characters. (laughs) So there are more staff members creating the world around you than there are actual participants. That is so cool. It was amazing. It felt like a real town we were in and kind of co-creating together. Uh, You're put in like teams. And so it was like me and our friend and then four other people who like we had never met or even heard of before. They don't they don't introduce you beforehand you just show up and you're like assigned a team essentially they do i think they do some like putting people in teams that will work well but you don't like you kind of get there and then like start meeting these people and start meeting these characters that staff members play and you don't play a character per se i mean like you're not just yourself because you're in this kind of like fantasy world and everything you might give yourself another name and everything but what they tell participants like what they want want people to do is play the most heroic version of themselves for the weekend ah, that's awesome. so play yourself but being as awesome as you can possibly be and like lean into the stuff that's like scary and challenging to you and just like make a commitment to like do that stuff all weekend long and so there's like also this element of almost like you know like i've done various like meditation and kind of like like self-helpy type retreat stuff before as well and like there's this element of like that to it as well where like it's it's personal development in addition to like doing like foam sword combat right and like the foam sword combat is part of the personal development because it's kind of scary and hard and you get better at it over time and like you have to like work as a team with your team and you have to, you know, like decide if you're going to try to overcome a challenge or run away. And like, there's all this like stuff in it. Um, it was really cool. It was just like an absolutely amazing experience. You know, tickets were like $325 and it's like meals, which were delicious and like housing and everything included. So it's like a very like reasonable for this kind of like having a full weekend just taken care of. Um, so definitely, you know, for folks in the kind of like Eastern seaboard area, like 100% worth doing. They'll do it again next October. Yeah. How does one uh, learn more about this? Yeah. Sign up? It's otherworld.org. Um, they do it every October. It's I think it, it's going to be the first weekend in October next year as well. Tickets will be available in June. Uh, one of the interesting things about it. So you can only be a participant one time. Like you can never buy tickets again. The only way to ever go again is to get oh, on staff That's um, so cool. and to like be one of the like characters. And, and when you're on staff, you're playing an actual character at that point. That's and, awesome. And like, you know, it was so much fun. I, I, I got home and like started taking some notes to just kind of like remember by and you're given kind of, like you're a party so you're given kind of like real rpg style jobs i was the traveler which is kind of the like charisma bard equivalent and so i got home and started kind of like writing up a little bit of like stuff to remember this in the future with and ended up finishing a like 8500 word like 16 page single space document by the end of the day and like you know like essentially in character of like our adventures as a group (laughs) 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 so i loved it i i i still am feeling like just as a person like better like i came through some like you know it's kind of weird to say like oh i played a larp and i feel like i actually learned some stuff about myself and i'm a better person but like yeah actually a little bit and i like met some really cool people that's something I didn't expect to hear about this. I mean, I, I sort of heard from you and, and our other friends that this was an amazing, amazing experience, but I didn't expect to hear that it was also this sort of personal development thing. And that it makes a lot of sense, honestly. I mean, that kind of 
you know, the idea that you're going to be spending a weekend, you know, in this sort of focused activity, the idea of tying that somehow to, you know, working on what you want to work on yourself is just very reasonable. And that's even makes it even cooler. Yeah, it it I I didn't ex- like I like doing this kind of personal development and stuff. And so I went into it being like, oh, this will be like a fun aspect of this. But I think I, you know, I like really leaned into that and was like rewarded a lot <laughs> for it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. It was cool. Like super recommend. Also, like if all you want to do is like go and have like a adventure for a weekend. Also, like the games were great. The challenges were get great. It was super fun. The people there are really invested in it. You know, it's like it's as much like immersive theater as it is a game. And like, you can go and interact with it in a lot of different ways, which don't have to be gamey and can be more theatery. Or if you want to, can be more like, I want to just solve a bunch of puzzles or I just want to talk to people or I want to like work on like my anxiety or like whatever it is. Like there's ways to like engage with it. Um, it was really cool. It was super, super, super neat. Oh, so into it. I really want to do that now too. Yeah. Yeah. Otherworld.org. I'll, I'll put a link in, you know, tickets will go on sale June or whatever. So cool. So what's your second thing, Matt? Second thing, music. Cool. I would like to recommend a band, uh, called, or a music project called Rakia spelled R A Q I A. Mm -hmm. This is full disclosure, the project of a friend of mine. Um, but I still love it. And it's still something I've been listening to. I think it is, I mean, it's good to listen to anytime, but like, it's a very fall kind of music to me. It's, I would describe it as kind of like, um, ethereal folk, classical, mystical kind of fall music. Um, it's, I like uh, all those things. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the kind of music to like, kind of be staring out the window at like a tree whose leaves are falling and like drinking something warm and spiced. Um, it's just very beautiful and uh, calming. And, uh, and you know, it's the kind of the perfect thing, I think, for for kind of trying to create a sort of warm, homey atmosphere on a, as, as everything gets colder and darker. Mm-hmm. So highly, highly recommend Rakia. You can find it on Bandcamp, which is the, the preferred, um, preferred place. Excellent. Excellent. I'll, I'll put links down in the description. Of course, I love it whenever you recommend music, Matt, because one, it's always seasonally appropriate. And two, I always find something that I love because of it. So Uh, thank you. (laughs) I'm very excited to go listen to this and, you know, I'll try to drop some in or something like that to the recording underneath too. See if folks hear a touch. Nice makes me feel warm all right so what uh what's something else that you like adrian yeah uh so for number two i'm gonna do a little bit of a hot take um i saw ang Ang lee's new film gemini man in Mm. 3d 120 frame per second it's a lot of d's a lot of fps's it's it's like and it was one of the best theater going experiences i've had in my life like people shit talk the high frame rate stuff and say that it looks like a TV movie or whatever. And like, they're fucking wrong. Like the whole world is wrong and I'm right. (laughs) It was intense. Like the, the high. And so I've talked to people who went to like, so most of the showings in America are at 60 frames per second, the high frame rate stuff. Um, 
I went and saw like the one of the like 14 screens that are showing it in 120 frames per second. I don't know if there's a difference, if it's actually somehow appreciably different between the two of them. Um, but it was filmed in 120 frames per second and like, you know, lit for that and like designed for that experience. Um, and it was just one of the most engrossing action films I've ever seen. Like mm. there's something about, you know, it's funny. I'm doing these kind of like different kinds of really like engrossive, immersive storytelling, you know, that's sort of the theme right now. But um, yeah, it was, it was, there's these scenes where they're essentially like fighting on motorcycles so like they're both on like mm. kind of like street dirt bikes like in Italy like fighting on them and it's That's um awesome and there's something about the high frame rate and also like the 3D is really phenomenally done. I saw it in a Dolby theater and the Dolby 3D looks much better than like IMAX or real 3D so that helped a lot too. Um but the 3D just looks phenomenal and there's these moments where like like the weight, like usually like action scenes on motorcycles feel like kind of weightless. Like it's just like they're going real fast. And like, that's the thing is they're fast on a motorcycle and it's cool and nimble like this. You get the sense of like, cause I've ridden motorcycles and dirt bikes a fair amount as a kid actually. And um, the thing with dirt bikes in particular is that they're like nasty, brutish vehicles. They like speed up and slow down really quickly, but you're on top. They're kind of like a weirdly weighted things. Um, you feel like you're going faster than you actually are. And they're also both heavy and nimble at the same time, which makes for like a really weird experience, especially while accelerating from zero to like 10 or 20 miles per hour. It's like a really like squirrely experience. I've never seen something that gave me the sense of what it actually feels like to be on a dirt bike like that before. And like the sense was palpable. And then at other times they're wow. literally throwing their bikes at each other. They're like, and the crunch that happens, I, oh. I jumped out of my seat multiple times while watching this movie. I have never jumped out of my seat in a theater before. And like, oh, I was man. not the only one either. It was, it was phenomenal. It's like, the script itself here, here's a, you know, hot take number that people are going to hate me for this. The script <laughs> itself is like not very good, but it's like a fine action movie script and story, like perfectly on par with any of the mission impossibles. I frankly don't really understand why people love the mission impossible movie so much. They have this like huge fan base. Like I would put this movie like exactly in line with it in terms of like huge action, like star getting a little bit older, still really good at what he does doing a lot of very real stunts. And like, honestly, this like high frame rate thing just makes those stunts like hit so hard and so beautifully. I absolutely loved it. If this were the future of movies, I would be like 100% sold. Sign me up. I know no one else thinks that everyone else hates this fucking movie. <laughs> I don't get it. I think it was like the best. Thing. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really appreciate not being a part of this like capital D discourse because it means that I get to hear about a movie like this from you for the first time. And right. I don't have any preconceptions gleaned from like, you know, lots of angry tweets. So that just sounds cool to me. That sounds cool. I, I want to see that. I like it. It's angry. really cool. There's one theater in Boston that's showing it at 120 frames per second. Like you should find it before. Like it'll only be there for another week or two. Like it's not making its budget back in America. Um, but like if you can go see it, do it because it is a wild experience. So I, I did some like VR stuff for a friend's birthday party the night before. We went to one of these like VR arcades in the city and um 
yeah, Gemini Man was like far more of the like like far better at immersion than like any VR thing I've ever done has been like man. like VR like Gemini Man is like the promise of VR. This high frame rate thing is like the promise of VR, whereas VR is often I find kind of like fun but fine like doesn't actually do the stuff everyone promises it's doing man so yeah like 10 hot takes in a row right there yeah <laughs> yeah well i uh i'll take your word for it that uh that people are saying those those things but that just sounds like a fun movie to me it was cool it was really cool all right all what's right. your next thing yes so my third thing that I'd like to talk about, uh, which is the thing that I like, is not something that I like in particular now, but just something that I've enjoyed, you know, um, mm-hmm. off and on for for years. And it's Quanta Magazine. Now, people probably have heard of this if they like um, science journalism. I think, you know, when I was little, I used to like uh, read scientific american and stuff like that right and, and like I, omni yeah. and all those old like yeah 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 and i i really liked reading those it's like to me that's that's kind of it's one of the there are sort of like two great magazine experiences to me that that i have and one of them is reading like sort of good science journalism that's kind of pitched at a non-specialist but that like doesn't pull punches and is willing to have equations and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and that's what that's what quanta that's what quanta does like and they also get like serious people like the journalists are really good and very knowledgeable about the actual science and they also get like serious scientists to write articles too like cool sean carroll recently had an article about uh probability in quantum mechanics um i think um I, I want to say David Deutsch has written for them. He's a physicist also, like Sean Carroll. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gotten uh, John Preskill, who's a, a physicist, uh, recently wrote something about the quantum supremacy stuff that Google did. Um, it's a really good resource for for like, you know, really like science journalism that's kind of at a, that's like pitched slightly higher than, than um, you know, the, the stuff that you will actually see in, in like a scientific American nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also, what is it I like re- a physical magazine or a website or website website. Okay. I don't, I don't think they have a physical magazine, but, um, it's a great website and, and they do reprint like some, some of their articles will get reprinted in like wired and stuff. And so you mm-hmm. may have read articles, uh, written by quanta people and, and not known that that's the original source. Um, Another thing that I really like that they do is that they will cover every area of science pretty much. Like they'll have articles about math, like real math, like mm-hmm. like the math math research. Um, right. That you know, I think a lot of popular press w- isn't even interested in it at all because math is not seen as something that can can get get clicks. Um, <laughs> but math is amazing, uh, just like <laughs> other branches of human endeavor so <laughs> i i recommend quant i i really do like if you are interested if you have like a, a layperson's or a non-specialist interest in like science and like research uh, and you want to know like what's going on like i would i would not tell you to go read scientific american nowadays I, I would tell you to go read quanta i think it's great cool what is the url for listeners i i think it's quanta.com i'm not sure though okay something like that yeah, we'll, we'll put it we'll in put a link description Cool. That's really neat. I, I've definitely like seen that around from time to time, but never like read it as a resource. So I'll, I'll check that out. It's yeah, it's actually quantamagazine.org. Quant, quanta or quantum? Quanta with an A at the end. Okay, great. Um, cool. So final, final thing we like, final thing I like. Um, 
this is the most frivolous of the things so far, but I've been really enjoying the TV show Shit's Creek. Um, it's a it's a Canadian sitcom. Um, actually, one of our listeners, Charlotte Geeter, who's like been a guest and will be a guest again in December, um, like she talks about it on Twitter a lot. And um, and I saw like it's this funny thing of like she talks about it on Twitter a lot how much she likes it. I start like someone else on Twitter like linked to a like a clip on YouTube from it that was really funny and so I and then YouTube of course starts just like sending me like oh you like that one clip here's like 40 others to watch <laughs> um and then at this event like the, at other world one of the um characters who like I enjoyed interact like the staff characters I enjoyed interacting with the most I realized at some point that like Oh, she is playing Alexis from Shit's Creek. So I finally started watching Shit's Creek and it's really fun and like enjoyable kind of like, you know, popcorn entertainment, but like you know, it's one of these things like it's like shitty people being shitty, but not hateful people being hateful, right? It's this thing mm. where it's like they're shitty, but like still you can feel empathy for them. Like I feel kind of similarly about it's always sunny where like I can understand why someone wouldn't like it's always sunny. But part of what I enjoy about it is they're shitty people being shitty, but also in like understandable and kind of like, oh yeah, that's some of the worst parts of me kind of ways. <laughs> and like, this is like a similar thing where it's like, oh yeah, I really get that feeling that they have. It's also, it's about like essentially like, like rich city people who like lose all their money and have to like move to this like tiny town in rural Canada, which like is sort of my nightmare of like, Oh no, what happens if I lose everything and have to like move back to Homer, Alaska. So there's this element of it, of it being oh, like, wow. you know, like, Oh, okay. Like I kind of get it and can laugh at it, but also like, you know, understand it in this way. <laughs> so, so when I hear that premise, my first thought was totally different. My first thought was, Oh yay, Delicious schadenfreude. But, um, <laughs> right. like a, very no, whereas this is literally my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up in cold sweats being like, oh, no, I moved back to Homer. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, no, actually, Homer's a lovely play. I mean, this is part of it is that like the it's also like a lovely place. Like Homer, my hometown is like a very beautiful, nice place. You've been there. It's great. Um, it is a nice place. And so there's this element of like it being like it's it's nice. I don't know. It's funny. It's dumb. I like it. I've been enjoying it. Alexis is definitely my favorite character. Like Stevie too. I don't know. They're they're just fun. It's just fucking <laughs> dumb fun. And the characters are mean to each other in a way that is like enjoyable and sort of cringy to watch. I it's like not fun some things. Michael Schur bullshit. Like I, I, don't know, I really like it. Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with liking fun things. I like fun <laughs> things too. So I think that's it, right? That was three each. That was three each. Okay. <laughs> so this has been Things We Like. Things We Like. I bet <laughs> there's more like. things you like, and I know there's more things I like. So oh, there's that's definitely fine, more though. things we I can like. Do, but we, we can do three. That's our typical number. And right. eventually we'll have another one of these, and we'll talk we'll about do, other things We'll we do like. another one. We can do another one right now and bank some of that delicious hashtag content. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about banking content to the when where their listeners can hear you. God, we'll ruin the magic. Uh, don't let them know how the sausage is made <laughs> our uh, beautifully professionally produced podcast they can, we can't let them know <laughs> I want to read the like modern Upton Sinclair podcast factory book you know where it's just like pulling back the curtain on you know like the um, podcast factory <laughs> or like content factory book I right. mean I don't think anyone's written one of those that I 
is like good. Like I've heard of Adrian Chen has really good like essays on this. Yeah. Adrian Chen. Yeah. yeah, He he writes for the New Yorker. He used to be Gawker. His essays on like content moderation. I mean, are really deeply researched. He he does fucking awesome. No, I I actually have read one of those and and they are really good. And and people definitely do great journalism on this, but I'm talking about like a novel. Oh, I want to see what you're saying. You know, like, right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. Okay. Well, with that, uh, links in the description. Like, subscribe, rate, review. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, we're at Spectology Pod on Twitter, spectologypod at gmail.com. If you want to email us, talk to about any of this stuff. We'll be back next week with our Zone 1 post read. Uh, I will publish it on time this time. Sorry about that. I was out in the woods a weekend and didn't get to edit stuff in time. And yeah, I don't know. Thanks, Matt. I'll talk to Thanks, everyone buddy. later. Bye. Peace.